In December 2018, Weinberg junior Nadia Hudley flew to Atlanta for the Impact National Conference. Impact is an organization dedicated to service and work in cooperation with the African American Church. Every year, it hosts programming for its members, and Nadia had plans to attend. On the day of her flight, the weather was bad, her flight got canceled, and when Nadia finally arrived at the venue, her worst fear came true. Her conference ticket was not paid for. The entire time leading up to this moment, I was super nervous that they were going to be like, you have a balance. And lo and behold, I get there and I had a balance. What if I didn't have money to pay for the conference? What if I didn't have the money? What if my parents didn't have that money? And I was truly, truly reliant on the scholarship. No one should be put in a position like that. Nadia thought she received a scholarship from Crew, an interdenominational Christian organization with a chapter at Northwestern that was supposed to pay for her ticket. But when she got to the conference, she had a $200 balance. To Nadia, it wasn't a simple mistake. Months earlier, she had spoken up against Crew, and to her, this was punishment. It kind of felt like I was hated by like Crew staff. From the Daily Northwestern, I'm Casty Jackson, and you're listening to part one of the Seen Not Heard series. For the past three years, Impact had been a subsidiary of Crew at Northwestern. But on a national level, the two groups work in partnership with one another. Unlike Impact, whose members are Black, Crew's members are mostly white. After growing tensions, those ties ended this past summer when the two chapters parted ways on Northwestern's campus. Nadia's story is one of many that shows how tensions between Impact and Crew at Northwestern grew up to their eventual split. Over the following months, meetings between members of the groups would go awry, students would feel manipulated by full-time staff members, and communication would go from strained to nearly non-existent. Before we get into the split, I should mention that I was a member of Crew on and off during 2018. I witnessed the tensions within crew firsthand and still have personal connections with some students in the organizations. When you attend a crew event at Northwestern, most of the students there are white. Out of all the religious organizations on Northwestern's campus, it has the largest full-time staff, 12 people, all white. But crew is bigger than Northwestern. It's a national organization founded in 1951 by Bill Bright. When he was a student at Fuller Theological Seminary, Bill received a quote-unquote calling from God to spread the gospel. Originally named Campus Crusade for Christ, Crew started out on UCLA's campus and now operates on over 5,000 campuses worldwide. Sarabi Woods joined Crew her freshman year in 2014. When Sarabi attended Crew's weekly service, Real Life, for the first time, she was disillusioned and shocked by Crew's lack of racial diversity. I just felt like huddling towards the back because I just felt so thrown off. I was just like, oh, like I thought y'all were more diverse. Y'all had people of color coming to meet with me. Early freshman year, Sarabi was meeting regularly with two students of color in Crew. Those meetings created an unrealistic expectation for Crew's diversity and cultural awareness. At Sarabi's first real life meeting, the bubble burst. They had um, one of the black girls and one of um, the Asian girls come and meet with me. 
But then when I got to like their large group meetings, like real life, I'm just like, yeah, there's no one really in here who looks like me. I remember afterwards, I wanted to meet with like some of the white students, but it's just like, they seemed uncomfortable talking to me, really getting to know me. And that just kind of continued carrying over like the rest of the school year, kind of feeling like really unknown, but just like being, oh, like this black girl who comes to things, but no one is really getting to know her. Throughout her freshman and sophomore year, Sarabi felt isolated from the larger crew community and clung to the three other black students in the organization, Ja, Seto, and Zoe. But Sarabi wanted more for crew. She wanted to build a strong black community. At a real life meeting her sophomore year, she found a way to do it. Sophomore year, uh, we had a guest speaker come in. His name is Jermaine Chapman. He came in and he was talking about racial reconciliation in the church. So then afterwards, it's like, oh man, like this is a black man involved with crew. Let's go meet with him. So then we were talking to him and he had mentioned how 10 years before there was an impact chapter here at Northwestern, um, how they were flourishing, how they had a partnership with the crew. I turned to my friends like, yo, let's do this. Like, let's make this happen. Fall quarter of 2016 was planning season. Zrabi and the three other black students and crew developed impact structure, gauged students interest and met with crew staff to iron out the details. By the following quarter, Impact was up and running. Weinberg Sr. and current Impact leader Cameron Farrow met Sarabi and the other Black students and crew her freshman year at an all-campus worship event. So I didn't leave right away when it was over and I was kind of just like lingering and I kind of was like slowly packing up my stuff and so I remember Seto was walking down the aisle and she saw me and she kind of waved at me and like came up to me. And I was like, I, I just got here, I don't know. <laughs> That's when she introduced me to Sarabi and Ja. After leaving the worship event, the group went to Burger King, where they sat and talked for hours. Cameron didn't know it then, but she found her people. In hindsight, I can see just how how like crazy God had it work out. I was going there because I wanted to be intentional about finding community and like my walk with God, but like that doesn't mean I actually expected to find community. And so I don't think I realized how significant these people were gonna be in my life. Cameron joined Impact during its first quarter on campus and watched the community grow. We had like free reign for like Bible study topics, which we love. And like going into my sophomore year, we had a little more hands-on assistance from crew, but it was still mostly like, okay, y'all have this event coming up, do y'all need anything? It took time to build a community and impact, but one night at Bible study, Sarabi saw bond cement among the first years, including Demi Oleyemi. The girls that came in kind of late, they were just so emotional about school because freshman year in Northwestern, it sucks. So I just remember Demi was complaining about her feet, next thing I know she's getting so emotional and crying, and I'm just like, you know, like, I love you, like, you're like my baby now, like, I gotta take care of you. And I just told her to take off her shoes, and I just started giving her a foot massage right then and there. I'm like, bump Bible study, this is my baby, I care about my baby. After that, Sarabi took on a motherly role in Impact, and Cruz's Black population grew under her leadership. In Sarabi's freshman year, only three other Black students were involved in Crew. When she graduated in 2018, there were 20. Asian and Latinx students were inspired by Impact's ability to reach students of color and decided to form their own chapters and crew with Epic Movement and Destino. Over time, as more students of color plugged into crew's ethnic ministries, many stopped attending real life altogether. Epic leader Catherine Tao saw this firsthand. 
I think it's hard when we all come together because baseline, there's like so many more white people compared to like people who show up um, from Epic or like Destino or like previously Impact. And so like that is, I think a perpetual, like, I don't know if problem is the right word, but like thing that we face, how do we get people to come to Epic, but also to come to real life? Catherine feels like she fits into real life's majority white space because she attended predominantly white schools all her life. But she knows that's not everyone's reality. Rachel Kim, a staff member at another on-campus Christian organization called InterVarsity, said that's why ministries like Impact are important. They're called contextualized ministries and their goal is to carve out spaces for marginalized groups and religious organizations. So if you are trying to reach a certain group of students. There might not be a certain group of people that shows up, uh, whether that be like, oh, I'm only seeing men on leadership. So as a woman, I don't know if I feel like welcomed in this space or I'm not an engineering major. So I feel like I can't be a part of this. If you really care about like reaching people that you want to reach and you're recognizing that you're not able to get everyone, maybe having a safer space where they would feel like they're important and their presence is valuable and they're just like being is valuable. Like maybe that's a way that you could like honor them and recognize the gaps and the shortcomings of like what you are trying to accomplish. The value of contextualized ministries is exemplified in Crew's current demographics. After Impact, Epic, and Destino emerged, the number of students of color in Crew skyrocketed. Rachel said that too often students haven't thought deeply about the role race plays in their identity, life, and society. She said race needs to be a constant subject of conversation in religious spaces in order for students to feel equipped to discuss race-related issues. Ethnic-focused ministries give students the opportunity to do that. Let's say you end up at a multi-ethnic church. You're not going to thrive there if you have not done the work of like understanding like, wow, the way I worship as a Korean woman is unique and beautiful in these ways because that is being made in God's image. The way that my black brother over here is preaching and worshiping is beautiful and unique to the way that God has made him. And so it's not helpful if you're in a multi-ethnic space and they don't know how to talk about culture or um, embracing each other's different backgrounds and seeing the commonalities in that and the beauty in that as well, as well as the brokenness, because brokenness is real. But if you're not able to do your own work, you're not going to be able to see that in another person. So back to crew. It's 2018, Nadia is reaching the end of her freshman year, and Cruz Northwestern chapter is continuing to grow along with its affiliated groups. But behind the scenes, Cruz staff was resistant to change. Nadia scheduled a meeting with Kim Johnson, a crew director, to offer her perspective on Cruz evangelism tactics. She felt like the staff primarily pursued first years and failed to connect with upperclassmen. I brought up some concerns about how more attention should be on people who are like sophomores, juniors, seniors. In my meeting with Kim, she was essentially trying to explain like why they did what they did. And in theory, parts of it made sense. I mean, I'm not expecting this to be an easy task. It's hard 
sometimes to like walk with God and bring others in because sometimes you just don't feel like doing that despite me being like we can do this we can blah 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 she asked me like five times in this conversation why are you here crew's not for everyone like you don't have to be here and I'm like I know I'm only here because I care Cameron thinks crew should be student run but in reality staff makes the decisions Students are more just like the arms and the legs. It's not as much our ideas or the the ideas that we have are controlled, not because what we're doing isn't a good idea, but it's just not the way that they think ministry should be done. After that meeting with Kim, Nadia's trust in crew staff was broken, and she questioned whether they truly cared about their students. I could see the potential crew had, and I think in theory, what they're working towards is amazing. But it was just disheartening that no one wanted to actually take the steps needed to reach that. And I just felt like I was being slapped in the face. This brings us back to Nadia's trip to Impact Conference winter break of 2018. According to Nadia, Kim said she would provide scholarships for her, Cameron, and Amani Minor, another Impact leader. Then she got to the event, and it was a completely different story. The breaking point for me was actually at impact conference because i was under the guise that kim was going to pay for it flew to atlanta and cameron checks in cool imani checks in cool i check in and i had a balance imani finally was able to call kim kim was like i don't know what you're talking about like i never said that I was going to pay for I didn't even know she was going. And I was like, what? Kim Johnson never responded to multiple requests for comment. All 11 other staff members were contacted. One of them replied and said they are quote unquote, not allowed to do interviews as a crew staff person. In the end, Nadia didn't have to pay for the conference. She still doesn't know who paid for a ticket, but that was the end of her time in crew. Nadia called her mom during the conference and she told her it was time to leave crew behind. After she left, Nadia struggled to forgive. I was like, God, like I literally can't do this because every time I see these people, I'm like triggered all over again. I just started doing intentional Bible studies on like forgiveness and how to like get through our times. And I was like daily on it and I was like listening to worship music, like sad worship music all the time because I was just like, I can't do this. It was just beyond me and I was so helpless. I was like, God, like I need you to get me through it. Nadia's story foreshadows the rift that would develop between Impact and crew staff two quarters later. Even before the conference in fall 2018, crew staff had been rejecting Impact students' programming ideas and Bible study topics. Amani and Cameron also had grown frustrated with crew staff's control over student leadership. Still, during the fall, they agreed to let crew staff member Emily Gerst attend Impact's Bible study. We wanted her to come to some because she was meeting with our freshmen and such. So we wanted her to come to some, but like not all of them because we also wanted to have this all black space at times. This is Imani Minor. At the end of a meeting, we decided that, okay, you can come to like 
this one slash you can come I think we might have said six weeks but then like we'll discuss this again at the end of the quarter or at the end of the six weeks but then like winter quarter comes we didn't have like that reevaluation meeting and like every time we would try to bring it up it was like oh let's do these things that are on my agenda for this meeting for Cameron this is when tension started to rise having a white staff person in impact space makes it less welcoming, less acceptable, less comfortable for the black students that we're claiming we want to serve. What ends up happening is you are implicitly controlling the types of black people that are going to come to these spaces and stay. Despite Emily's presence and the resulting change in atmosphere, communication junior Femi Olani stayed an impact. I think having a, like a, a staff member that worked behind the scenes is different from coming and stationing yourself in that space. Just coming on a regular basis just did not feel really like help or anything. It felt more like surveillance. And so I was just pretty much like, oh, um, I'm not gonna change me. I'm supposed to be in a safe space for myself. After Cameron and Imani brought up the topic a few times, Emily stopped attending every impact Bible study, but the issue didn't disappear. The way Imani saw it, Emily started acting in manipulative ways. Emily declined multiple requests for comment. She also like would get snacks for the event. We were like, yeah, can we have pizza for this night? And she was like, well, can I come? And I was like, huh? And so like, I literally like laughed in her face. Um, and I was like, you don't think that's controlling? And she like just looked and I was like, like, you have to realize that's manipulative and like, no, you still can't come. Cameron and Imani realized they needed outside help. So they reached out to Anna Ruffin, an impact staffer at Illinois State University and Western Illinois University. They coordinated a day for Anna to visit and Imani said Emily tried to stop the meeting. Our staff person tells her no. She doesn't think it's the best time for her to come after me and Cameron had already like told her like, yeah, told Anna like, yes, you can come. Like we want to have this connection. There was like some back and forth there. And so then like essentially, finally Anna, she came anyway, but then like, when she came, just seeing that whole dynamic was just really interesting because it was like, why do we have to fight to get this person who's also supporting us just to like talk with her? Amani and Cameron also connected with Impact Movement's national president, Jimmy McGee. Speaking with Anna and Jimmy reassured Imani that people were in their corner. Even though she didn't see tangible changes after talking to Anna and Jimmy, she still felt they supported her. After Jimmy and Anna came, like just wanting to cry, and I'm not a crier. So like really just wanting to cry just because I'm like, oh my gosh, we've been going through all of this mess basically, but now I'm really, really feeling supported and I actually feel like they completely have my back and they're gonna put impacts, interest above crews. Whereas like with crew staff, like I never felt like at the end of the day, when push came to shove, they would actually like fight for impact. Come spring of 2019, Cameron and Amani mobilized. They organized frequent meetings with Emily and Kim in hopes of forming a more equal relationship with crew. They wanted the authority to choose impacts leaders, serve the black community the way they saw fit, and decide Emily's presence at future Bible studies. Some of the conversations were successful. I know I probably felt hopeful when we were explaining the fact that at that point, the way that impact was being used by crew was to bring black like faces into like the white spaces, not to actually foster a community for black students. And so we talked about the fact that like we think that black students shouldn't be like implicitly forced to go 
to real life and to go to events they would have, we were given a lot more freedom to not attend crew things as much. It's kind of like, okay, well, they're understanding or if not understanding, at least validating our experiences, validating our truth by allowing us to prioritize what we think should be prioritized. But most of the meetings ended where they began. Cameron left most of those conversations frustrated. Majority of the time frustrated because for the most part stuff wasn't changing and a lot of the times we couldn't get to the point our conversations had to end after all we got to do was talk about our issues because one honestly like enough time wasn't being scheduled for each meeting. Like you can't just meet for an hour and expect for stuff to get ironed out. But also like I said a lot of times this was us having to reiterate stuff having to explain our experiences. It was a lot of them asking questions like, what do you mean? Can you give examples? So we rarely ever got to the point where we could actually be like, okay, so what are the practical next steps? We never really got to that point because it seemed like every meeting we were starting over. There was at least one time where I literally was like, at the end of the day, I can't tell if we're at a point where we just don't understand or if we just genuinely disagree. And I don't know where to go from here if it's just a matter of us genuinely disagreeing. Although Amani and Cameron struggled to see progress in their conversations with Kim and Emily, Cameron never wanted to separate from crew. I never advocated for separating from crew. Um, when I felt passionate about reaching the black community, I felt passionate about combating cultural Christianity. I knew that we also, however subtly, were making a difference in crew. And even if it wasn't like legit differences, we were at least not being like silenced anymore. There's something to be said about expressing your grievances and being able to keep people accountable and call people out. Even if nothing technically changes, the environment has shifted in a way that we are taking up space. As spring 2019 came to a close, Impact's relationship with crew was up in the air and Amani and Cameron's leadership positions were in question too. They both said Kim wanted to set up a meeting to discuss their fitness for leadership. We reached out to her and we're kind of like, are you gonna make this happen? And she was like, oh yeah, like, cause it's really important for me to meet to y'all with y'all. Um, and then never did schedule a meeting. Nothing was set in stone. The only thing that was accomplished was the fact that we explicitly talked about how can we benefit each other mutually in more of a partnership role. My understanding is essentially Kim did not want me and Cameron to be leaders anymore. This is Amani again. Because me and Cameron, especially last year, spoke out a lot against crew and like a lot against their agenda and such. Crew essentially likes a lot of like minions slash yes men. They kind of equate that to being like not teachable. We weren't like necessarily teachable because of that. On Crew's national website, the acronym FAT, Faithful, Available, and Teachable, is an acronym used to determine what makes a good discipler. Students in Impact and Crew said these principles also guide how Crew staff select student leaders. To Nadia, Crew has its own definition of teachable. Teachable in the sense that you will do whatever you're told. You know, you'll follow everything they say without, mm, why is that? Or, well, we could probably go about this a different way or a better way because it's not really working here. Nadia was critical and in turn felt ostracized by crew staff. Cameron and Amani spoke out and their place in leadership was questioned. Over the summer, the situation escalated for Amani and Cameron. One or two messages were sent from the other impact leader to the crew staff person and the campus director throughout the summer. 
about like, you know, like what's the word? Amani sent a long email to Kim that summer. It said, Clearly, this year has been rather rough in terms of communication and trust, with good reason. However, after our lovely and lengthy meetings, it seems that there will continue to be cyclical stagnation in terms of communication, which will thus impede on our attempts at trust. Now, just so it is clear that it is not the devil within me or my vain imaginations playing tricks on me, quoted by Kim Johnson, meeting on Tuesday, May 28th, I'll provide you with two examples that demonstrate a perpetuation of neglect and stagnation. The email goes on to detail Kim's failure to set up a final meeting with Amani and Cameron, as well as Emily's lack of transparency on who crew chose for 2019-2020 impact leaders. It continues, In all honesty, Kim, Cameron and I should be meeting with you to judge your competency to interact in any capacity with the impact movement and its leaders, not the other way around. Going forward, I would like to pursue a healthy partnership with crew. But if this is not feasible, and I simply refuse to continue sacrificing my peace to deal with what looks like a pointless bout of stagnation. So this summer, I ask that you please think about how you all would like to continue with impact at Northwestern. I also ask that you all look within your own hearts and pray for areas where the intentions of your heart have been deceitful. I would definitely be doing the same. If you all are going to act as stumbling blocks to these missions, please remove yourself from our path. Again, so it is clear, if you all want to help impact in whatever capacity, I would like to maintain a working relationship with y'all. This email was made for accountability purposes, and before your defense mechanisms begin to arise, please know that this email ultimately came from a place of love. Thank you kindly. Imani Miner. Kim never responded. That same summer, crew staff messaged students involved in both crew and impact. They were asked to choose between the two organizations. When Cameron and Imani found out about this, they started putting two and two together. We didn't know that we were no longer being considered as crew leaders at this time. Um, but like, I guess we realized that implicitly by the fact that we weren't being contacted about anything. Like I had been removed from the crew leader uh, like Facebook page. And like we weren't getting any emails even though the crew leadership summit was coming up. 